Well, welcome. This is a, oh, yep. Thanks. Thank you guys all for being here. I um, really, truly feel like it's just such a humbling experience to be up here and to be back. And um, last week, I kind of, I talked about the common themes that have kind of gone through my life that have gotten me to this place and that I continue to have. And so I just was going to continue that and then go into some other things. But um, one of the other things that I, from a very young age, have always had was thankfulness. And I think that this is coming back up because, you know, Mark spe- spoke about it. And I think that it's, it's going to, sh- we're going to learn more of it as the weeks pass and everything. But, um, you know, I told you guys, whenever I was little, I grew up kind of poor, pretty really poor, because my dad was saving all his money um, to take all the exams, so we pretty much had nothing. And, you know, I always had a thankful spirit to me. I, you know, they say kids don't know they're poor. You just, you, you grow up in whatever situation you have, and you think that's normal until you reach a certain age, and then you realize it. But, you know, we, uh, mom would, we'd go into stores, and she'd see all kinds of, we, I'd see all kinds of new toys and nice ones and stuff, and she'd always say, no, Eva, we don't have money for that. We can't buy that. And so then we'd go to Goodwill, and I'd get, like, a little table and used Barbie and stuff, and I was just so over the moon about that. I thought that that was the most amazing Barbie (laughs) ever. And so, and Mom always said that about me. That girl knows how to be thankful. And so that, being able to be thankful where you are and knowing that there's more, but being able to be okay with where you are and still praise Yahweh in those times, I think is such a big thing for us to um, grab hold of in this time. Because he really does not want to trust people who to give them more without them being thankful for what they have. He, he, that's a huge point that he's been revealing to me in this time. And um, Mark said a cute story about Frank, I don't know if it was a week or two ago, about his prayers. And he said that, you know, he hurt Leo's foot and his prayer was, thank you for Leo's toesies. Be healed in the name of Yeshua and stuff. But what he didn't say is also whenever Frank praise he also okay so I got a little like boo-boo on my leg or something he goes mommy you got a boo-boo and I said yeah I do and and I said you want to pray for it and he said yeah he goes Yahweh thank you for mommy's boo-boo be healed in the name of Yeshua and he recognized that you need to be thankful even in those those seemingly bad things you know to me that spoke volumes out of the mouth of babes you know and so even in those situations that are tough, even in those situations that you want to raise your sword and, you know, be all mad, talk to other people about what's going on or this is not fair at work or this is, you know, going bad for, or whatever, you know, we are, not, we are not of that right now. We are in a different age. We are in the age of peace. And it is time to put that sword back in and to acknowledge that Yahweh fights our battle. We sing that song a lot, you know, this is how I fight my battles. It's sitting at your table. Let Yahweh take care of those things. Do not try to put your word to him. Do not try to put your sword to him. Let him work through that and sit in thankfulness and awe of him. He's going to deliver those things. He's going to make them either irrelevant or, you know, completely just disappear in front of you. You don't have to do uh, everything that we used to have to do to those things, you know. So let me see. Okay, (laughs) sorry. I hate that I have notes because I feel like I'm like, okay, what's next? But at the same time, when you're up here, you just feel like, I said that, now we're, you know, your mind just goes blank. But 
The truth is that all of us have something to be thankful for. If you are in this room, if you're watching this on live stream with the TV, we all have something to be thankful for. You know, just, just to be able to know Yahweh is the ultimate, if you know him. But then there's families, relationships, provision, all these kind of things that he's given us that if we seem ungrateful for those things, I mean, what a slap in the face that is, you know? There are so many people that have nothing, not a dime to their name, don't have a family that cares for them, don't have anybody to love them. But even those people, have something to be thankful for because Yahweh woos those people. And if they have eyes to see it, even if they're watching this message, you know, Yahweh is wooing you to him and he can change whatever circumstances you have in your life. So be thankful for that. You know, there's, if you just, if you have that mentality of like, everything's bad, I'm not, I don't have anything to be thankful for. He can't work with that. He's, it's done, you know, so you need to make sure that you always put that at the forefront of your, of your heart, thankfulness to Yahweh, um, you know, and also the, just going back to like a child, I just love, it's, it's probably just the season I'm in because I have little children, but, you know, whenever you have a child and you give them something, whether it's your time, you play with them or a gift or whatever, how much better is it when they are so appreciative of it? When they are grateful for something, you literally just want to give them everything. You want to give them more of what you have because you're just, you feel appreciated. And I think that Yahweh loves that. Yahweh wants to be appreciated. He loves a grateful heart. He wants to trust you with more. He wants to give you more. And whenever we do that, you know, it's the same, same thing with a child. You know, he'll want to give us more. So, but last week, kind of off the thankfulness thing, because that was just a footnote that I felt like was important to bring up, but last week I spoke about searching your heart a lot, and I just kind of felt like I wasn't fully done with it. I felt like I didn't release everything that I needed to. I don't know why that's so important for me to bring back up, but, you know, even King David was really good at that. He wanted Yahweh to search his heart. He was a man after Yahweh's heart, and he was willing to lay down the things of his own heart. He was willing to expose those things to, to gain, to become closer to Yahweh. And so I'm going to slow down just a little bit. I feel like I'm racing. <laughs> Aunt Cheryl has to leave in 10 minutes. I'm trying to give her the whole message because she has to go pick up Elizabeth and the girls. <laughs> so I'm like, here's my whole message. But um, no, I'm going to, uh, okay, I'm just going to slow down just a little bit. Sorry, I feel like that can happen with people up here. But, um, you know, it, to me, everything that, that is in your heart needs to be a reflection of him. Anything that is not of him really needs to be brought to the light and dealt with. And um, whenever we don't, whenever we think that we've got it all figured out or we're too, we're too advanced for this, you know, kind of elementary stuff, like, I got that, we've been preaching that forever, that's when you can become in trouble. Um, because, you know, whenever I was... I used to work in the ER for a number of years, and, you know, that was not, that was where Yahweh placed me. I not, like, I was good at it, like, I could handle it. They always gave me the stroke patients every time, because one time I learned how to do TPA, and then it was me giving TPA every single time, and then I realized all these senior nurses have never given TPA, which is that clot buster. It's really, like, you know, if you have a clot they give this really strong medicine, and you have to monitor the patient so they don't bleed out. And so they gave these patients. So anyway, so I'm working in this ER. I did fine. I did good. It was never my heart. I prayed every single day, all up and down those halls. I was like, Yahweh, please do not let somebody die on my watch. It was not what I, what I loved. And so whenever I came into a situation that... Um, you know, it was just intimidating to me, or I've never done before, Some, you know, I, I like, searching, who can I ask, like, listen, I just want, can you 
sit with me? Can you do this with me so that I know that I'm doing it right? I haven't had practice in this or whatever. And everybody that did that, the senior nurses, they recognized, they said, don't, don't be sorry that you're asking us. It's the nurses that always feel like they know everything that are going to kill somebody because they're not willing to admit when they don't. They think they've got it all. They think they can overlook these basic, you know, checkpoints and stuff. And so I kind of, I, I feel like that's important with us. Sometimes we are so mature in the spirit in this house. And we've had such a transition period in this house. And sometimes that shakes things up. You know, um, I think that was one of my notes later on. But anyway, so, you know, we've been shaken up. And sometimes people are like, do we believe that still? Is that still what we do? Those people are not doing that. You know, that you have all these questions. And sometimes you're like, well, I've known that. I've done that forever or this or that. But it's reestablishing what we've been founded on, what is important. And also just not overlooking, um, not overlooking that we are, that we are not good enough, like we are not uh, past the point of checking our hearts. I just, that is just so important to me. I feel like any time where you do overlook that, it's, you know, you kind of, you won't go further. You're going to actually end up going backwards because your heart's not right. Um, so Proverbs uh, 17.10 One word of correction breaks open a teachable heart, but a fool can be corrected a hundred times and still not know what hit him. Let us not be that fool. (laughs) You know, let us not, let us not be, you know, somebody's up here, whether it's Mark or Chris or me or whoever's up here saying some things that, you know, at times may be like, we've known this forever. Let us not be that fool that's being hit a hundred times. Let us soften our hearts and realize that maybe always trying to show us something. Maybe something that we think we've got all figured out, we don't have figured out. Soften that heart. Expose it. Search it. See what you are harboring inside. Bye, you guys. <laughs> See what you guys are, or not you guys. See what you are harboring inside that Yahweh may be trying to deal with in this time. Um, whenever I was trying to... Um, develop what I wanted to say today Yahweh because at first Yahweh only gave me um Yahweh only gave me like a couple of points and then as I sat and meditated he he grew deeper but one of the things uh grew the message deeper but one of the things that I kept hearing was I knew it was from Apostle Aaron's book the come up here book and I remember uh the line I I found it right away which was surprising because I haven't I haven't looked in this in a little bit but um when I first started reading this chapter chapter four well, this is a side note, but I found this really interesting. It said, um, he was talking about the age of peace and um, <clears throat> entering into the age of peace. And one thing that I just thought was so neat was, because it went right along with Mark's message, it, said, he, it says, I knew the transformation would parallel the initial days of King Solomon's reign. And Mark had a whole message on Sol, you know, King Solomon's reign about how he knew his father David had that in and out secret place, and he knew he couldn't attain that just from lineage he knew that he couldn't attain that just from sitting and, and knowing his, his dad. He needed to find that for himself. And so whenever I saw that, the initial days, the transformation of, into the place of peace would parallel the initial days of King Solomon's reign. I was like, that's cool. That, that is right, you know, where we've been. You know, we've all been hunger, hungering for that um, true relationship with Yahweh that we could not get otherwise. It, you have to do it for yourself. You have to be willing to um, go out on a limb and stuff for that. So, um, but anyway, so in this, in this chapter, which goes like right along with everything that I was talking about with search my, search your heart and everything, um, he talks about the four corners of your life, basically 
north, south, east, and west, as far as you can see, having to clean up all the dark places of you. And it says, um, it involves a cleaning up of thinking in your heart that cannot give place to living in a land of peace. You have to, you have to clean out your heart from previous ways of thinking, from the way we've always done things. Yahweh's doing a new thing. And he wants us to go with him. And if we're stuck in the way it's always been, if we're stuck on relying what we've always relied on, other than, you know, Yahweh, then it's going to be, we can't do that. We have to clean out our hearts. And it says, clean out all of the hidden places of your heart that you know could keep you from advancing into this place of peace. Once you've cleaned it up, keep it clean. No dust here for it is a dust-free environment. That just speaks to me about this is an ongoing thing. You don't just clean out your heart once and think it's, think it's, you're good to go. Um, I think I, I think this was in my previous notes, but um, now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Keep it cleaned up. This is an ongoing thing. You know, don't, don't feel like, because, oh, it's because whenever we go through something, we sometimes react with our souls, and that can leave residue in your heart, you know, whether it's from, you know, being hurt or the way that you react to things, a mentality starts to develop. This is an ongoing thing. You have got to keep cleaning out your heart. And that's not like an everyday religious thing, but definitely there's some, you know, peak times when you're faced with a huge decision, when things are going amazing, you know, just periodically. Don't forsake that. Do that. And so then the next stage that he talked about was building up. This is a buildup of the word and the spirit of promise in our lives to prepare us for a promised place of peace. And I feel like, I mean, I'm talking about as if we're like preparing to get into this place of peace. I like, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I've been in this place of peace. Like we are there. But, but this is an ongoing thing too, this buildup phase, because it says, I have found that we must be in a continual buildup stage in order to receive needed supplies every day. Never stop building up. This is the secret place. This is the gift of tongues. Keep on building yourself up in the spirit. You know, you, you don't, don't forsake that. Don't forsake cleaning up and don't forsake building up. And then, you know, the third stage is launching out. That's where you see your pro- the promises fulfilled. But the fourth stage, this is the quote that, that I thought of that led me to this whole chapter. The day that you think you are all that is the day you descend back to the previous places of unfulfillment. And that's where, that's where I feel like was my whole reason for, I don't want us to descend back. I don't want us to, you know, think we've got it all figured out and miss it. How many times did that happen in the Bible? Like so many people that were established people of Yahweh that he led them through all kinds of amazing things, you know. And then they, they miss it at the end. Like, let's not be that people. Let's continue to do what we need to do. And part of that is building up and cleaning out. You know, just like your house. You clean it once, I guarantee you, you'll have dust in a couple days. <laughs> like, it just is a never-ending cycle, especially with kids. It's just always dirty, always dirty. But, um, okay, so Apostle Aaron's book. And that leads me, that leads me, because that whole section was about being, uh, that last section, once you think you're all that, that whole section is talking about being sought out. When you, when you are in this place of, um, you know, these promises being fulfilled, these amazing things happening in your life, people are going to seek you out. They're going to they're gonna ask you how did that happen and everything. And so it's all, about, it's all about Yahweh, but it's all about people, about spreading that message to people. And so the, the other thing that's just been so stirred in my heart, and um, 
last week, you know, I told you Yahweh kind of gave me just like one or two lines, and then th this message developed from it. The only thing I really knew I was going to speak about this week, last week, was about um, loving one another. And, you know, we have one of the greatest resources we have besides Yahweh is our relationship with others, with one another. You know, it really is. You, it's invaluable. What, you can do this walk alone, just you and Yahweh, but let me tell you, it's a whole lot better when you've got people walking with you. And, um, you know, there sometimes are seasons of isolation. We all go through times where, we're, you know, things get busy, work gets busy, this, you know, is coming up and this is coming up. But I know, I fully believe that he doesn't intend it to be like that. He, Yahweh intends it to be a community, us to be a community, help each other, encourage each other, walk with one another. Um, and we see, honestly, we see this uh, command of love throughout scriptures. That's nothing new, but I do have to open up my laptop because I have a couple of Bible verses on there that I wanted. And, okay, hopefully it won't uh, shut down <laughs> on me. But so, okay, so... Yeshua, him, Yeshua himself said it. You know, um, in Mark 12, 28 through 34. Now, and everybody knows this, but keep, just stay, stick with me on this one. So, now a certain religious scholar overheard them debating. Yeshua was kind of schooling everybody, you know, before this. When he saw how beautifully Yeshua answered all their questions, he posed one of his own. He asked him, Teacher, which commandment is greatest of all? Yeshua answered him, The most important of these commandments is this. The Lord Yahweh, our God, is one. You are to love Yahweh, your God, with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, with every thought that is within you, and with all your strength. This is... The the great and supreme commandment. This is the Passion Translation, by the way. I really like that one. But um, the second is this. You must love your neighbor in the same way you love yourself. You will never find a greater commandment than these. The religious scholar replied, yes, that is true, teacher. You spoke beautifully when you said that God is one and there is no one else beside him. And there is something more important and there is something more important to God than all the sacrifices and burnt offerings. It's the commandment to love Yahweh. Um, and then he repeats all that. And to love your neighbor the same way as you love yourself. When Yeshua noticed how thoughtfully and sincerely the man answered, he said to him, You are not far from the reality of God's kingdom realm. After that, no one dared question him again. And see, sometimes something that simple, that, that he... Sorry, I'm going to have to lower this. So he recognized how important those two things were to Yahweh. And then Yeshua told him, you are not far from, from Yahweh's kingdom realm. You know, sometimes we think that we have to be so far out there and so deep into the mysteries and into all these revelations. And I am not that. Those things are great. Those things are where we are headed. But at the same time, you don't get these two things. You are not headed there, you know. And it's amazing to me that that man asked for what is one commandment. What is the greatest commandment? He only asked for one. But Yeshua found it important enough to mention two. He could have just stopped there. He could have just said, love Yahweh, and with all those examples, you know, all those ways. But no, he said, and love your neighbor. And so that, to me, if you love Yahweh, if you, if you do, if you, you know, want his heart, then you should recognize that those two are some of the most, those two are the most important things to him. You know, love, love Yahweh, have that relationship with him, but do not forsake, I've said forsake a lot, I'm sorry. Don't, don't overlook that relationship with others, you know. That is so important to him. 
And, um, and he holds that dear, and he wants us to hold what he holds dear, dear to us. And so how do you, like, how, you know, just some practical things. How do you love yourself? You know, some people don't love themselves, and that's a whole other topic. But, you know, if you love yourself, you consider yourself when you're in certain situations. You consider your well-being. You invest in yourself. You pray for things or outcomes that are important for you. And those are all basic. Like, do that for others. When you hear of a need for somebody, when you hear of something going on with somebody, take a minute out of your day. Remember those things. Pray for them. You know, uplift them to, to intercede for them. I talked about how last week how important that has been to my walk, knowing that people have been praying and interceding over me, you know, all my life. Don't, don't think that that's for nothing. Don't, Yahweh hears those prayers. And whenever you're invested with some, like I had, um, just an example, I ran into somebody when Frank was little, little tiny baby, he's still little, but, um, and this was my friend from back in the day and, um, and her mom. And, and so they were talking about, talking about Frank and all this kind of stuff. Well, then later on I ran into her mom and I, because I didn't want to ask this question in front of the girl because I didn't want to, I hate that pressure, you know, and I was like, so when is so-and-so going to have babies? You know, just wondering like, because I knew as a grandmother, she was going to want to talk about that because I know her. And she was like, well, they've been, honestly, they've been trying. It's just not happening for them. And, and so I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I was like, well, I am declaring, she's, she's not from here. I'm declaring that she will, you know, she, I kind of went out on a limb. It's always kind of nerve wracking to say those things sometimes. But then in my secret place, you know, for a little while, I've been praying over her and just saying, Yahweh, you know, I know that's her heart, and I just want to, I'm just interceding on her behalf and all this kind of stuff. Well, so she's about to deliver this baby. And so, you know, I'm invested in that. I feel like that's a part of me because every part, like if you are part of Yahweh's kingdom, these Yahweh-loving people are part of your investment. And don't, don't think that that doesn't mean something to somebody. And it's not like I have to go tell her. I'm not going to go tell her. But I'm just saying that, that whenever you look for those opportunities and, you know, to pray for somebody or intercede for somebody, when they finally manifest, how much does that boost you too? You know, it's, it's such an important thing. So um, let me go. Okay, this, it's shut down. <laughs> just, oh, no, it, it came back up. Okay. So I wanted to go into... Um, Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. I'm not smooth up here. I'm so sorry. Um, Okay, so this says, For now we must cling tightly to the hope that lives within us. Let me just make sure I don't go too far. Okay. Um, To the hope that lives within us. Knowing that Yahweh always keeps his promises. Discover creative ways to encourage each other and motivate them towards acts of compassion. Doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day of dawning. So, you know, to me that, it's mentioned all over and over again about how important, you know, the assembly is and, and um, and we should be looking for that. I just, I think that that was when Mark said that thing about, you know, if Andrew had $20 in his pocket and made him stand up, <laughs> I just thought, you know, that if you have, that's such a beautiful way to, to picture it because if you do have something that you are looking to give to somebody, you literally have something and you're like, who is, who am I supposed to give it to? If you're looking for those opportunities, you're going to be much more aware you're going to be much more willing to, to be alert in those times than if you're just going throughout your day and thinking about yourself. You know, you have the greatest gift of all. 
you know, hear, hear Yahweh. Search for those people that he, he tells you to, to get close to and to give that gift to, at least to, you know, tell them about whatever he tells you to do. I'm not going to go there. But, um, you know, the, the truth is that right now, Everything that's going on in this house, I'm so excited about it. And I, I'm looking forward to, to, to growing in this thing with you guys. And I just want us to almost like expedite this process. Because if we're doing what Yahweh wants us to do, if we're loving one another, if we are going to be known by our love for one another, he's going to be able to trust us and do things a whole lot faster than if we keep dragging our, you know, dragging our whatever that expression is. <laughs> and so um, that I think that's important to him, but also just... Um, I'm not even going to finish that statement. Okay, so next is, next is 1 Corinthians 13. Now, this one is like always, you know, at weddings and all that kind of stuff. But hang with me here, too, because as I was reading through some of these things, I was like, man, there's more. There's more than what I've always read these verses as. Um, okay, if I were, okay, I'm going to jump around in this. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 2, and then 8. If I were to speak with eloquence, in earth's many language and in heaven in the heavenly tongues of angels yet i didn't express myself with love my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal and if i were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of yahweh's hidden secrets now this is stuff we talk about all the time so just you know and if i possessed an unending supernatural knowledge and if i had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. But when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. Okay, I think I read more than even I was supposed to, but that's okay. It all goes, it all goes together. See, we, we talk, and, I, and again, I am not saying anything bad about prophecy or any, I love those things. I think that I hold those things dear, but I also am recognizing with everything, every passage that he took me to, it was about that those things are not greater than loving one another and being there for one another. You know, we can, and honestly, when, whenever we encounter new people, we could, they don't care. They don't give a flip about, you know, all those, those um, you know, mysteries and realms and this and that. But if they encounter the love of Yahweh, that can change everything. And from that, they will want to know, you know, more. But it just don't, don't um, get caught up in, in diving so deep into the mysteries that you forget what's closest to Yahweh's heart, and that is to love him and love each other. You know, so... Um, Anyway, that seems kind of elementary, but I just, it keeps coming up, and Yahweh keeps showing me that, and I think that there's a reason why he has bookmarked this and wouldn't let me speak about anything else. Um, then Romans uh, 15, 1 through 2, now those who are mature in their faith can easily be recognized, for they don't live to please themselves, but have learned to patiently embrace others in their immaturity. You know, don't don't when you encounter people as as a mature house we don't deal with so many things that the world deals with and so it's easy to pick and pick apart somebody's life you know well if you only didn't do this well if you know it's obvious you got problems because of this this and this that's not going to speak anything to anybody it's only that love of Yahweh point them to his love show them his love you know because and this isn't this is just coming out of me but you know 
I didn't have a lot of the struggles that some people did. I mean, I had, my own, I had my own search for Yahweh. I did. I had to find him. I wasn't taught that you could have a relationship with him and all that kind of stuff. I had to seek that out and find that for myself. And, you know, a lot of you grew up in this house or have known Yahweh your whole lives or had an easy path to get to him. You know, it wasn't like some horrible struggle. But there are those people, even in this house, that have had a horrible struggle, that had nothing but pain along the way, that had no glimmer of hope. And, you know, what changes people is that, that love that they feel from Yahweh, feeling like they're meant for something, feeling like their life and their journey up to this point was not for nothing. You know, don't be so quick to judge. Who, who would I have been if I, you know, was raised by, you know, drug addicts that, you know, beat me or did horrible things. You never know where somebody's walk is. You just don't. And so it's so easy to point out that, well, their life is in shambles. I'm just going to not bother with them or whatever. But, like, really, think about You don't know their story. Have a little bit of compassion. You know, Yeshua had compassion. Recognize the heart that's within that person. Recognize that they're longing for acceptance. They're longing for love that they have never felt up to this point. And, and be sensitive enough to hear Yahweh when he says, go to that person. You know, do this, this, and this. Because, you know, we just want to stay in a bubble. We just want to, everything's comfortable, everything's safe. But, you know, thank Yahweh for your path. But, but have compassion for those who haven't had such an easy path. You know, and, um, and so my thing is sometimes it's, you know, I told Aunt Cheryl even before, and sometimes it's easy to think, well, why this, these messages are, you know, mine or the, you know, the messages of tithing and tongues and this and that, they're what we've always known. Why are, why is this coming back up? Why is this coming back up? But everything is to prepare our hearts. Yahweh is going to bring people into your, into your pathways, wherever you are, and we've got to reestablish what our key principles are that we stand on, because during a transition, you know, period, like I said, um, it, things can get, things can get shaken up. So reestablish, that's what we're doing. We're reestablishing those principles that we're founded on, but we're also preparing our hearts. You know, we need to be able to grow closer to Yahweh. We need to be able to help others find and grow closer to Yahweh. If we just stop at ourselves, if we only care about ourselves and we don't love, it's for nothing. Yahweh said that, and I don't know if I read that verse yet or if it's coming. I'm not sure. But whenever you read these things over and over, you know, because I was in the Word or in, you know, reading for so long, you kind of forget. Did I already say that? But um, we do. We need to to be able to love others and to point them to him because then if, if we've gained the world and haven't done that, then it's for nothing. So, um... Really, what time is it? 7.30. I am not long-winded. <laughs> um, I'm going to close with this. It's Matthew 23, 1 through 12. And I have this one printed out. Um, when Yeshua addressed both the crowds and his disciples and said, The religious scholars and the Pharisees sit on Moses' throne as the authorized interpreters of the law. So listen and follow what they teach, but don't do what they do. For they tell you one thing and do another. They crave the seats of highest honor at banquets and in their meeting places. And how they love to be admired by men with their titles of respect, aspiring to be recognized in public and have others call them reverend. But you are to be different from that. 
the greatest among you will be the one who always serves others from the heart. Remember this, if you have a lofty opinion of yourself and seek to be honored, you will be humbled. But if you have a modest opinion of yourself and choose to humble yourself, you will be honored. And, you know, so that to me is where Mark and I are at. Like, I, I just want you guys to know just from, I just got to stand up because it's hot, <laughs> from every message that, you know, I see him prepare for, every, you know, when he's searching his heart, when he's, you know, crying out to Yahweh, whatever, it's always, is this message going to point people to Yahweh? Is this message going to help grow their relationship? That's where we are. That's where our hearts are. I don't care to be admired. I hope that comes through. I really do not care at all to be recognized or admired. In fact, I'd rather not. I'd rather be somewhere else and just from the sidelines participating. Our hearts are just to help us grow in love with one another to become closer to Yahweh and to do his will in this place. And I hope that that's everybody's cry. I think it is because we're, we are mature people, but sometimes you have to go back to those foundational things and, and lift yourself up in that. Tear those things down that have taken root that are not supposed to be there and build up in the things that are supposed to become greater in you. And so that's what I leave you. Thank you so much for listening to me. I really feel like that's pretty amazing that people came to hear me. But, um, but I'm just going to end end in prayer, and then you're dismissed. But Yahweh, I thank you so much from the depths of my heart. I thank you for, for everything that you've done, for, for allowing me and us to know you, to be in this, this place with you. Thank you for everything that you've imparted to me. May my words always be your words. May they not be mine. May I not care and continue to not care about anything else but to do your will and to speak your words. I thank you for this house. I thank you for the leadership. I thank you for Mark for being willing and faithful to hear your word week after week. I thank you for this wonderful people that were willing to come hear me speak and that are faithful day in, day out. And don't forsake the assembly. May we always have hearts, our hearts be towards you. May our hearts always be willing to be searched out to you and give it all to you. Lay it all on the line. May you cleanse us. May you build us up that we may do some amazing things in the future for you. May it all be to your glory, Yahweh. May none of it to be, be to our glory. May we always point that glory back to you. In Yeshua's name, amen.